Okay. Everybody hear me okay? Somebody give me a thumbs up. All righty. When I left the fellowship earlier today, our, our local gathering in Culpeper, I was, I was thinking about how wonderful it is to gather with the body of Christ. You know, and I, and I really come home and I was uh, thinking about the, just that, how that I really don't have anything better to do. You know, a lot of people in the what they call church, they go they go to church from maybe something in their heart, they want to please God or be accepted of God or, or, or what have you. But gathering with the body of Christ to me is an absolute pleasure. I mean, a pleasure. And I, and I was just thinking on that, how that this is my family. And, you know, that's what Jesus said. Who are, who's your mother, your brother, and your sisters? Those that do the will of God, the same are. Thy mother, thy brothers, and thy sisters. So we are bound together in something greater than flesh and blood. You know, a lot of times people will look at flesh and blood relatives and they kind of think that the flesh and blood relative is the closest family they have. But that's not so. We are bound by spirit. We are joined to the Lord by the spirit of God. So the closest family we have are those joined to the Lord. I know we have relationships as husband and wife, father and son, father and daughter, and so on and so forth. And, and those relationships in the Lord should be extremely strong. They should be great relationships in God. But folks, we are bound together in the Lord, by his spirit, joined to the Lord. And it's such a great honor and privilege to come together with the body of Christ. And like I said, I was thinking about it. I really don't have anywhere better to go. You know, so I, I was thinking even how a lot of people would think, well, we could do these marvelous things on a Sunday or Saturday or whatever day. I know we usually come together on Sundays, but there's really nothing greater than together with the Lord's body to be gathered unto him. See, we're already gathered. Anita sung the song this morning. We are gathering together unto him, you know, and, and that comes out of, the scripture, when shallow would come, the gathering of the people would be unto him. Well, folks, we are gathered. He has gathered together all things 
into one. And we are part of that great gathering of God that is in Christ. What a gathering we're into. We've come to. What a place we are in. You know, so many people are looking for a place. And we are in a place called Christ Jesus the Lord, a person. A person. We are in the Lord himself. Now that's where we're at, is we're in him. And that is a place that I hadn't seen ear, hadn't heard, and hadn't entered into the heart of man. That's what hadn't entered into the heart of man, that God would bring you into himself. That hadn't, that hadn't been conceived in man. Man didn't consider that the place God was going to bring us was to himself. And that that was the place we were going to dwell. We were going to dwell in the Lord himself. Hallelujah to the Lamb of the living God. Now, to me, that is a great and marvelous place. Unlike any place we could be at in the earth. Now, we that are in this place should manifest it into the earth. That's what we should be doing. We should be taking that of him. You know, the Holy Spirit takes that of him and shows it to us. And in like turn, out of our bellies comes life, his life, out of our hearts, Issues his life. Glory to the Lamb of the living God. That's, that's what happens. Out of him comes life. Out of him, out of, out of us comes his life. Because we're gathered unto him. We're gathered into this great place in the Lord. So just to pull our minds together here to set our hearts here, set our affections here where the Lord has brought us to see what he has done, to declare what he has done. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. I, You know, we're going to get go back into the study of the faith of the Son of God, but one of the scriptures I read this morning, and I'm, I'm trying to remember where it's at, in Isaiah 12. And we'll read this and then we'll flip over to uh, Romans 1. But in Isaiah 12, the Bible says, And in that day thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee, though thou was angry with me, thine anger is turned away and thou comforts me. Man, if you can't see the Lord Jesus Christ in that scripture, that's where the Lord's anger is turned away, is in Christ. Behold, God is my salvation, and I will trust him. 
and not be afraid for he, for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He has also become my salvation. Therefore, with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. Now out of your bellies, out of your, your soul, your heart flows rivers of living water. So you draw out of these wells from within because that's where he's at. That's where the well of living water is at. And in that day you shall, shall you say, praise the Lord, call upon his name, declare his doings among the people, make mention that his name is exalted. Make mention that his name, declare his doing. Declare what he has done among the people. That's not a future event, folks. That is the reality that we have right now in Christ Jesus the Lord to declare what he's done. See, we comprehend this by faith. We attain this by faith. We live in this by faith. What he's done. That's what we're declaring, what he's done. That's the faith of the Son of God. Living in the sureness of what he's done, dwelling in the reality in the, of what Jesus has already done, not what he's going to do. I hear so many people talk about what he's going to do. I'm talking to you about what he's done of his fullness we've received and grace upon grace. That's what the Lord is, is really saying in me of his fullness, of his complete work, of his finished work we've received. And grace upon grace. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. So, so to live in that, of what Christ has done, we live in that by faith. We live in that by faith. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Yet, not I, but Christ liveth in me. And that's where we're headed in this study, is living by the comprehension of Christ. And to me, that's the faith of the Son of God. I, I'm going to repeat this definition one more time. I may not repeat it again, but for everyone's sake that may not have been in the other meetings, I wrote, out of definition, you know, part of it is a Bible definition, and part of it I probably added to it. But it's, but I wrote, faith is, is persuasion given of God. 
And here's what I added to it, according to Christ's finished work. And then down below I wrote, it's the reality of the person of Christ or comprehension of the person of Christ who is in you. It comes by hearing the good news, the word that's in you, not just reading your Bible, but hearing the living word. Now, the Bible and the living word go hand in hand. Anyway, I'll leave that alone for right now. But the substance or assurance is stand, means standing under a guaranteed agreement. So what, what is guaranteed in Christ, the title or deed that is in Christ? The promise or the property? The legitimate claim? So something has been guaranteed. Promises were made. So faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So the evidence is that of Christ made real in our souls by the Spirit. That of Christ made real in our souls by the Spirit. I live by the faith of the Son of God. So in Romans 1, we introduced this last Sunday night, or last Sunday morning, actually, if you were with us Sunday morning, and, and again, Sunday night in Romans 1. The Bible says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he promised before or afore through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son, who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh, who was declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead, even Jesus Christ our Lord. So here we go. Promises before. That's in the Holy Scripture. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Of what was hoped for in the Scripture. Thy sins and iniquities will I remember no more. That was what was hoped for. Faith is the substance of that. The evidence of that in our heart. The inner conviction of that. And that is known in the person of Jesus Christ. I read it in Romans, and that's where we're going tonight. We're going to look at a number of scriptures in Romans. It's going to take me a little bit of time. I took a lot of time in the introduction, so give me a little bit of time tonight. In the book of Romans is a lot of judicial language if you start looking at the words. A lot of language of judgment is in the book of Romans. It's not judgment like man has kind of pictured it to be, but it's the judgment of Christ. Okay? It's the judgment of Christ. Now, turn back with me, and we read this also. But turn with me to Jeremiah 23 and 5. Behold, 
let you get there. So I'm there. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. In his days, Judah shall be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely, and this is his name, whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness, or Jehovah our righteousness. So Jeremiah prophesied or promised a day, or you could say God promised through Jeremiah a day when a righteous king would reign and prosper. His work would be prosperity. And he would execute judgment and justice in the earth. Now, the execute means he would make her do judgment and justice in the earth. So he would make, accomplish judgment and justice. And the word justice is righteousness. Okay. Now in 2 Corinthians, if I flip over to 2 Corinthians, see, I told you I'm going to go to Romans. We'll see. I plan on it, but we'll see. 2 Corinthians 5. Let's read a few scriptures here, starting at verse 5. It says, Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has also given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. We're confident, yes, well, please rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one of us may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are all well known to God, and I trust are all well known in your conscience. For we do not commend ourselves again to you, but we give you opportunity to boast on our behalf that you may have an answer for those who boast in appearance and not in heart. For we are, for if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. So if we're boasting, it is for God. Or if we have an answer or if we are of a sound mind, it is for you, for the love of Christ compels us because we thus judge. Here's the judgment seat. That Paul said we must all appear before the judgment seat. Here it is. We judge what? That if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all that those who live 
should live no longer for themselves. See, this is the same thing as Galatians 2. It's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me. We should no longer live unto ourselves, but unto him who died for them and rose again. And here, here's living by faith. <laughs> living unto him that died and rose again. Therefore, from now on, what does that mean from now on? When you've come to the judgment seat of Christ, you regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him, no, thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So, so here we go. So we have come to the judgment seat by the Spirit of God. His seat of judgment's the cross. That's where his seat of judgment's at, the death, burial, and resurrection. And it's there at the cross when he's revealed in you that way that you come to this seat of judgment. This is where he brings justice in the earth is at the cross. That when he died, all died. You come to this understanding, this acknowledgement of your heart, this inner conviction, this faith, this belief, that when he died, all died, that we would not live unto ourselves anymore. But we would live unto God who raised him from the dead through him. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. See, he carries us through this. Because we can't carry ourselves through there. We're baptized by one spirit into one body. See, we can't, we can't even put ourselves into the body of his death. <laughs> we can't do it. But he does it by his spirit. Immersing us into death, burying us with him, that the life of Jesus Christ, what our souls never knew, will be made known to us, in us, through us, the wells of salvation, the living water, So we have to face the judgment seat of the Lord. You're dead. And your life is hid with Christ and God. Your life is that of Him. We obtain that of Him by faith. And there are so many Christians that are seeking to be righteous because they read it in the Bible. They read Romans. Believe me, Christians read the book of Romans. 
and they can quote the Book of Romans. It's a popular book. But do they know the person of the book? See, here's where the issue comes. Is the person of the book. Because it's in this person that I come to understand the acquittal, the justification. Behold, a king shall reign. Behold, a king shall execute judgment in the earth. And that's just gathered up at the cross. He bore our iniquities. That's a judgment. He bore our sins. That's a judgment. The chastisement of our peace was laid upon him. God judged all that in Christ. God said that's so. Why? To take it away. To put it away. Because we couldn't put it away. We still can't of ourselves. How, how does he get put away, you may say? You see him. Who put it away? And then it begins to be put away in your heart. And you begin to comprehend, he's my life. Well, if he's my life, how good is my life? I could say as good as it gets. Because he's my life. Now, that's a judgment seat. Christ, our life. How do I attain that through faith? Through the substance of him, through the knowing of him. The revealing of him in you. To it's made sure in our hearts. Why, Why do you think he has to be revealed in you? So what he's done is sure in you. You know, we say he's our life, right? We say Christ our life. We, we believe this. This group believes this. And, that's, and, and we rightfully should. But we believe it so that it would be manifestly declared within us. Honey, it will never be manifestly declared through us unless it's manifestly declared within. Be impossible. So he's declared by the Spirit of God in us as our life, our sanctification, our righteousness, our holiness, our redemption. And we must comprehend that by faith. That's what Christians are starving for. Is to comprehend that Jesus Christ has been made to them righteousness. Now I want to read the word 
the definition of righteousness to you. Let's see where I put it here. In my notes, we'll read Romans 3, verse 21, and then we'll read the definition. It says, but now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been manifested, being witnessed by the law and prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe, for there's no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption, which is in Christ Jesus, whom God displayed publicly is a propitiation in his blood through faith. This was to demonstrate his righteousness because in the forbearance of God, he passed over the sins previously committed for the demonstration, I say, of his righteousness at the present time so that he would be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. He is just and he's the justifier or the one that declares you righteous. And the word righteousness means the approval of God. Here's what this one definition says. The approval of God refers to what is deemed right by the Lord after his examination. What is approved in his eyes? God's judicial approval. So if you look at judgment, in Adam, all were judged to be in sin. That was the verdict of God for the Adamic man. That verdict was passed upon all men. And man, that, mankind couldn't come out of that verdict because the weight of that verdict was the Lord himself. In the day you eat thereof, you shall surely die. So God's word, God's verdict, God's agreement was upon it. So the power of that was the Lord himself. And Adam ate and came into death. And that death passed upon all men. Now the judgment in Christ, the verdict from God is you have been made righteous because he is your righteousness. We obtain that through faith. We believe on him, yes. But this substance of faith, this inner conviction of it, is made real in our hearts through the person. As the person's made real, that he is righteous. <laughs> he's righteous. He's just. 
just holy and pure. And he bestows that on those that are his. So we live in his kingdom. His kingdom is a scepter, Hebrews 1 says, of righteousness. So the scepter of his kingdom, the rod of his kingdom, is righteousness. How did that rod become righteous? He executed it in the earth. He took upon the form of man. He took sin upon himself. And brought it to death. That's how he executed it. He shall execute righteousness. He shall do righteousness. He brought sin to death in himself and raised from the dead as a new creation. Where all things were of God. See, his resurrection wasn't from man. It was from God. God raised him from the dead. So the power of man didn't have anything to do with it. So the power of God brought him out of death, brought him out of the bonds of humanity. Yes. And that power is executed in his kingdom. That's what it means to be under an agreement, standing under an agreement. We're under what he's done. We're in what he's done. Even a stronger word than under it, we're in it. It's being made part of our soul. He is made to us. Righteousness. Why? Because he's our life. And our life is righteous. No longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me, and I live by the faith of the Son of God. So we've been made righteous, sanctified, set apart to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. Now this is a faith to walk in. <laughs> See, we've heard that faith is about God doing things for us. I'm not against that, honey. Because there are provisions of God. There are provisions of Christ. By his stripes we were healed. And I believe that means our whole being, inside and out. I believe that. So that's in this faith I'm talking about. But this faith has been brought forth so often in such a 
uh, minuscule level. If you believe on God, he'll do this for you. What if you begin to accept Jesus is your righteousness and allow the spirit of the living God to minister that in your heart. That you, by God's own work, are approved. You know how many believers feel unapproved with God? That are believers. I'm not even, I'm not talking about sinners, I'm talking about believers. They walk around with their head down, discouraged, feeling undone. You're complete. Now we begin to look at these things as weightier matters than natural things. That these are the riches of God that are given to us in Christ Jesus. Because the things of the world can't compare with them. The things of the world can't make your soul feel complete. Know it's justified. But he can. And he does. So we live in the scepter, the authority of his kingdom. And we live here by faith. He's brought us out of darkness into light. So the light of him is being declared in us by the spirit of the living God. It is being declared. We're in a place now where God is actually declaring it. We're not, we're not waiting for it to be declared. It is being declared by the spirit of the living God. That's the place we're in. Where God is declaring Jesus Christ, his heavenly word his power and authority to us, in us, and causing us to stand in it. Hallelujah. That out of us flow the life of it. Out of our soul flows the life of him. That's declared in us by the Spirit of the living God that's revealed in us by the Spirit of the living God. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. What a life we have. So when somebody says, how's your life? You can tell them, my life is awesome. My life is full. It's complete. I have a great life. You want to meet him? His name is Jesus. He's my life. And he's made unto me. He's made to me. 
all these wonderful things. So I'm not trying to attain them. I'm seeking to know him. Not trying to attain them by earthly means, so to speak. But I'm attaining them by the Spirit of God, revealing him that is my righteousness, and I'm living in it by faith. And I'm confessing it with my mouth. And I'm believing it in my heart. I'm declaring it in the earth. He is my righteousness and my sanctification and redemption. And I live in him. He lives in me. Glory to God. Well, I'll stop right there. I go on and on, but I'll stop. <laughs>